Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is DJ Saz, and welcome to Bro Emergency. I'm one of your hosts, and this is episode number three. So all great uh, features usually uh, at least make it a trilogy, so we've at least made it there, so that's very exciting to us. If you were joining us after listening to episode one or two, thanks for coming back. If you're a first-time listener, very quickly, who's our cast of characters? I'm the DJ, a.k.a. DJ Saz. I'm a Packer fan. I own small dogs, and I'm a golf enthusiast. We've got LVO. He's our uh, Husker fan. He's an American, and he hates movies, we learned a couple episodes ago. Still. Still still blowing our minds. Um, Horse is a Vikings fan, um, which every time is going to get that. Um, he is a hunter and a fisher, and he enjoys Coors Lights. Number eight. And Nipe um, is a Twins fan. He buys expensive grills, as we learned last week, our last podcast, I should say. And he's got great hair. And he so, refers to himself uh, in the third person. Occasionally he does. Especially about his hard part. <laughs> so Wait, we hard. need to explain that. <laughs> that sounded terribly inappropriate, and it... It is not. It is not. It's We're talking hair. about his hair. Yeah. Wow. Man. Talking about uh, his hard part hair. It's a hairstyle, folks. Um, so we want to just do a quick recap on episode two. Hopefully you guys like that. We did a little bit less on the medical side uh, that that time around, a little bit more uh, banter. Just wanted to give you guys more a picture of who we are as hosts, not only as bros, but as uh, bro uh, physicians, specifically emergency medicine physicians. So we talked a little bit about the process of what it takes to become a doctor and and then what we feel about it, you know, things that we like, things that we don't like, things we considered instead of medicine. Um, so hopefully uh, you found that enjoyable. Uh, we moved to the vault, uh, which has been a nice uh, change for us. We certainly enjoy uh, um, being in the smaller space and being able to record in a better uh, acoustic arena. And uh, does anybody want to hear Matt talk about COVID this <sighs> week? No. You got 70 no. minutes of Seriously? your time? Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, we... Uh, moving on. Here, I can um, do it real so. quick. Ready? Set. Wear a mask. Avoid people. Don't cough in people. Wash your hands. Be smart. Done. Wow. That was a lot less than seven so minutes. That was like, I could hardly understand anything you said. <laughs> so that's moving on from COVID. Uh, so thankfully, uh, you know... You know what, getting, guys? You know what? Better. You know what? You. <laughs> Still working on our technology budget to I get think, the uh, beeps a little better. I think we're kind of getting close to our first night rant. I mean, one of these days yeah. it's going to come out. Yeah, it's and like it's, a, you're not ready. Yeah, the the pre shocks of the eruption are are, are certain to, to hit the podcast. It'll be coming sooner rather than later. Dumbest ED complaint. Ready, set, go. Ooh, saw a patient. Had been seen by another provider elsewhere and extensively worked up for cyanosis on the hands, on the also legs. Also known as blueness. Blueness, thank you. Blue coloration. So, million dollar workup elsewhere. I fixed it with an alcohol wipe. It was new blue jeans a couple weeks ago. New blue jeans. I got you beat. Ambulance ride to the ED for a broken nail. Ooh. Hold on. It was a fake nail. Ooh. You got something horse? Uh, I don't I got uh, a dude came in via ambulance as well after he's eating a Cheeto and it cut the roof of his mouth. Scratched it. Was it a flaming hot Cheeto? Uh, no, just a regular Cheeto. Crunchy Cheeto, not a puff, but still. Was he ambulance. okay? Yeah, he's okay. Okay, good. Yep, I saved his life. 
I'm going to go away from dumbest only to frustrating work notes. Ooh. Just frustrating. Yeah. A lot of work notes for you, right? Sometimes Any. to people, though, that want to go back to work, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm cool writing that work note all day long. Sorry, I should have I uh, excused from work, not returned to work. No, yes, yes. important. Yeah. This week, we want to investigate uh, something we see a lot in the emergency department and is a big part of society, unfortunately, trauma. Uh, luckily, we here at Bro Emergency have a trauma expert amongst us. And uh, LVO this week is going to be bringing us some bro education on the opposite side of the break. So we're excited for that. Hang on with us. We'll see uh, you on the other side for some bro education. Hey, bro emergency listeners. This is DJ Saz here. We have Horse here with some valuable information from our sponsor. Horse, take it away. Hey, thanks, Horse, for that. We'll see you guys back on the Bro Emergency Podcast. Hey, guys, DJ Saz back here with Bro Emergency. Time for this week's Bro Education. And here this week, we're going to hear from LVO about something near and dear to every emergency medicine bro trauma. LVO, lead us up. Yeah, thanks. So, uh, summer's coming. That means trauma season to emergency physicians and trauma surgeons. Our own Matt Knipe wanted to call this segment Save the Trauma Drama for Your Mama, but we all vetoed that, so we'll just talk about <laughs> trauma here. He sat up all night just... Okay, hold on. He's like, oh, this is the best thing ever. I just want to throw out that LVO actually added in an extra word. I made the the play on words of Save the Trauma for Your Mama, but he added drama, which is where the play on words came from. Mm. Uh, nice. Okay. And it's not even funny. It's it not, wasn't. but it's okay. I mean, we love you still, Knight. Thanks. Thank you for writing this outline. You're welcome. So for the record, my clock has not started yet. No, no, you are not on the clock yet. We're not so, on a 31-minute Matt Knight clock. God. <laughs> I'm going to try to do uh, – you guys are probably too young to remember the Micro Machine Man, but he was this guy that talked like 800 million miles an hour. I'm oh, going to yeah. try to do this trauma quick, okay? All right. So traumatic injuries, here we go. 40 of the 140 million emergency department visits annually in the United States are due to trauma or traumatic injuries. Worldwide, 6 million people die, unfortunately, each year from traumatic injuries. And trauma is the leading cause of death among children and adults less than the age of 45, so young people. Motor vehicle accidents being the leading cause of death between those between 18 and 29 years of age. Trauma is often categorized into injury patterns that lead to problems so head injuries big ones chest injuries so injuries to the heart or lungs and then bleeding so why do people die from traumatic injuries bleeding internally bleeding in the head multi-system organ failure secondary to direct injury or bleeding and blood loss or cardiac arrest in trauma the key is the first 24 hours because relatively few people die within that first 24 hours. So the key is recognizing those injuries and doing something about it quickly. So things that we can do something about uh, in, a, in a fast manner are collapsed lungs, bleeding, airway obstruction. So those are all interventions that we as emergency physicians and trauma surgeon colleagues are trained in uh, trying to get after quickly to minimize the, the impact on our patients. So trauma patients are taken care of in trauma centers. So 
a lot of times you hear about different levels of trauma centers, level one trauma center, level two trauma center. The bottom line is it's a classification that comes from the American College of Surgeons that helps delineate the resources that hospitals have to take care of patients. So level one is the highest level, and that's going to have certain docs on duty 24 hours a day, such as surgeons, emergency docs, anesthesia providers, and some of those docs need to be in-house. And other specialists, such as neurosurgeons, trauma, or I'm sorry, orthopedic surgeons, plastic surgeons, need to be readily available, and they have ICU capabilities. The biggest key for level one trauma centers is that they have a research program, and that's what differentiates them from level two trauma centers, also residency programs, I believe. Level two trauma centers are are uh, places that provide comprehensive trauma care, and often the clinical expertise isn't a whole lot different than level one trauma centers. It just lacks the research uh, program. They still have 24-hour availability of uh, certain specialties, and they don't have to have the research and residency program uh, uh, there. Level three trauma centers, that's going to be some of your smaller towns. Um, they may not have those specialists. Um, some people may wonder, you know, what's the point of a level three trauma center? And, and that's all about recognizing those patients and and transporting them quickly to the higher levels of care, the level two, the level one trauma centers. Uh, and there's often agreements that exist between those hospitals to make that happen in a, in a quick manner. And we work at a? We work at a level two trauma center. We all trained in a level one trauma center uh, in our residency. So I think almost every residency probably is a level one. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm probably misquoting. Level but one, level two, yeah. So I, I was actually in the biggest, or I should say the busiest ED in my metro area, but I was level two because we lacked a surgical research program. Mm. Oh. Which doesn't mean the care is any different. No. It's just you don't do research. So. Gotcha. So how do we evaluate trauma patients in the emergency department? And really what it comes down to is there's a very uh, routine algorithm that we apply that we... Uh, take care of every trauma patient in the same way so that we don't miss things and so that we properly evaluate them. So this is called ATLS. Kind of interesting. This was actually formed in the late 70s uh, outside of Lincoln, Nebraska by an orthopedic surgeon. He had to throw that in there, right? I did. Yes. I he did. was just like, he, it's, not no, the, it's not on the outline. No, it's an inter- interesting like, story, actually. I was waiting no, no, for no. this. Is it's it interesting, though? No, it is kind of. Okay, yeah, right, it's unfortunate, hear. but uh, there was an orthopedic surgeon, and uh, he was a private pilot, I believe, and uh, him and his family were in were in a crash, and uh, they, uh, a couple of them, I think, succumbed to it, and they sort of had suboptimal care, perhaps, and there was just not an organized system, and so he took it upon himself to create what is now ATLS, and so uh, all of us um, have a common language in ATLS between ourselves and our staff and the trauma surgeons that we can communicate things uh, in the same manner. And so we sort of look at things uh, in an ABCDE model. So A being airway, B being breathing, C being circulation, D being disability, neurologic injury, that sort of thing. And so we're all doing this the same way every time so that we don't miss things. So, um, and we do this whether or not you are in a minor fender bender or you fell off your moped or you hit a bridge abutment at 85 miles an hour. Um, so what it's happens? Not as, it's not as difficult as it sounds, right? I mean, you can you can walk into a patient's room and say, hey, how's it going? And they can say, hey, and you know that airway and breathing are pretty much done. Right. Yeah. That is not Saz whimpering. That is Scarlet, the mascot dog. 
She's very disappointed that she best, cannot <laughs> drink any the, Coors Light. The best part of the last three and a half minutes oh, is while man. Luke was doing a great lecture, she was chomping on a Coors Light can. It was great. I, I actually think she's a great mascot. Yeah, maybe we should let her in. Should we let her in and just let her yeah. hang out? Give her a segment. Yeah. Scarlet. Yeah, she wants nothing to do with us because she can't have the Coors Light can. Yeah. So. Probably not best for dogs to be chewing on uh, metal cans. Right, Mr. Pomeranian? Well, Pomeranians, although I think my chihuahua's got the belly of a goat. She probably has eaten a couple metal cans in her day. So as we digress here, back to the uh, the trauma talk. And those minutes don't count against my time, by the way. Um, <laughs> they do. So they do. That's what, your dog. What, hap- <laughs> what happens when you come in as a trauma patient? So typically you're going to be evaluated first by an emergency physician. And we're going to do our evaluation because we've been prepared for that in our residency training. And we're going to determine whether or not you need a trauma surgeon right now, or maybe we can finish working you up and then we're going to get you a trauma surgeon in an hour or a couple hours. And then we rely on our trauma surgeon colleagues to come in and help us. And they often do procedures that are life saving or life stabilizing. Um, And we have a great relationship with them and we appreciate what they do for us and for you as patients. So, that's kind of overall a very quick summary, less than seven minutes. I would that was actually really good. That was quick. That was of what happens to trauma patients. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Oh, that was excellent. Yeah, thank you for that, Brome Education this week, LBO. Could you imagine if Knight did trauma? Ooh, 62 minutes. Buckle up, boys. Yeah. <laughs> 62 minutes. I got some things to say. <laughs> yeah. Let me guess about COVID. <laughs> You guys hear COVID, about this? COVID trauma. <laughs> COVID you, trauma. You trauma seen his, by COVID. Oh his outline from the COVID uh, was probably six point font. It was single space. There was no Double margins. Sided. Yeah, it was. Okay, first of all, just because I'm the only guy here that can type, it's not <laughs> fair. Okay. Hey, I got Mavis Beacon on my computer. She's ready to get fired up. My word Second, I actually. True, truly, I did not. Truly, truly, I did not actually even write the COVID outline, but nobody else wanted to actually talk. So I was the one that went ahead and did it. And we're thankful for it, as are our listeners. Absolutely. They will uh, continue to get some Rome education each and every podcast. But thanks again, LVO, for that trauma. On the other side of the break here, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, how does trauma affect us as bros as far as the activities we do, the hobbies we have? You know, what are things we're more cautious about because of the things we've seen as uh, bro uh, ER doctors? So uh, we'll see you guys on the other side of the break. Hey, Bro Emergency listeners, do you find yourself sitting at the pool this summer looking at that pool boy and then discover it's like a DJ Saz lookalike? Just not what you were hoping for. I've got something better for you to do at the pool this summer. Listen to the Bro Emergency podcast. Why don't you uh, shoot your family the information? It's Bro Emergency, B R O M E R G E N C Y dot podbean dot com. Or direct them to our Facebook page, the Bro Emergency Podcast, or our Twitter handle, at Bro Emergency Cast. And they won't have to worry about looking at that dad bod anymore. And they can listen to some sweet melodic tunes on that uh, podcast from the, the Bro Emergency Boys. Check us out on Facebook, check us out on Twitter, check us out on Podbean. Uh, back to your regular scheduled content. Thanks again to 
LVO for that Brome education. This is DJ Sass back here at the Bromancy Podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about how trauma affects us as the Brome emergency bros, not only as physicians, but as just normal people who uh, interact in this world. Uh, so it's, I think, important to say that uh, trauma is not just the gunshot wounds, the car accidents, kind of the violent things that we see in our world, but uh, it can be all sorts of different things. And I think it res- often results from people uh, doing different hobbies. Uh, so maybe we can talk a little bit about some of the hobbies that we've considered uh, as bros and uh, what is our risk aversion of those, how much spousal input we have in that. Uh, and then how, you know, our life circumstances, whether we're parents or not, has to do with that. Uh, so let me just ask you guys, would you scuba dive? I'd love to. I haven't. Scuba certified. Allison and I both love it. Yeah. Wouldn't be opposed to it just from a trauma perspective because, I mean, I guess you can get the bends. Get the are bends not, if you, they're, yeah. they're real. I mean, they're real. No, but, I mean, for me it's just more about, like, I tried to snorkel and I didn't. I didn't enjoy it and made me the, sick. Cl- the class was a lot of work. I remember we had to swim for a long time. Yeah. yeah and take a bunch of tests. I was pre kids. It was fun. But no, it's cool. How about uh, skydive? Would you guys skydive? Would love to. Don't think I'd be allowed to. I second that. Hard maybe. Maybe not. Do it in a heartbeat. I mean, I think sc- uh, skydiving is probably the safest of the quote unquote. I don't know, X game kind of stuff. I think. How about bungee that, jumping? Nope. In a heartbeat. No way. Nope. I th- I think that's probably the most exhilarating. Like off one of those huge. Oh, in like New Zealand. Like, yes, yes. Like where you're going down some hundred feet. I'm in. And again, I no mean, way. there is so. I mean, the chance of you dying from something like that way less. I mean, I'm again, I don't know the data, but way less than me walking across the street here. So. I think though a lot of it is like our our age too. Around though, here, right? like, I don't know, man. I don't think there's a lot of traffic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know yeah. pre pre COVID. Yeah, pre right. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I think though that some of it's our age though too, right? Like in the other responsibilities we get in life, like you know, you guys are all fathers. I'm sure that factors a little bit in your decision on you know how much risk you're willing to accept. Um, and then you know we can't just do as much as we used to. Like even uh, for example, I've my, my legs my legs are sore. I actually lifted weights for the first time like two days ago. I've been walking around like I've been constipated all day. Yeah, no, it's, absolutely. That old. didn't used to be the case before I was Scotty Pippen years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old men's hockey. I oh. see guys wearing uh, no face masks, and I'm like, you got to go to work on Monday. That puck comes up, hits you in the ch- teeth. Like, those oh, chicklets are coming yeah, out. Like, no why good. are we even? No Come on, good. guys. Yep. So that that some... does not seem like an okay thing to do. <laughs> Love it. It's fun. Super sore. You're growing. You forget that you have muscles in your growing. So great activity. I think we still, I mean, we have that desire to be competitive and to play sports. Like I've been watching that, like the Chicago Bulls documentary. And I, the thing I thought last night when I finished the last episode, I want to go play pickup basketball. But I can't do that like when I was like 22. Yeah. I mean, that is tough, right? Yeah. I I will say I have not played competitive basketball since I had my appendix out. And that hurts. That that bums me out. But oh, really? at the same time, I mean, I was kind of like uh, getting put out to pasture, right? I mean, did your <laughs> did your appendix being gone affect your jump shot? Or <laughs> yeah, right. What's the correlation? What's the appendix getting cut? I was just getting super fat and out of shape, and I was like, 
<laughs> maybe this is a good time to hang it up because I, it's not like I'm going to like run back onto the basketball court after getting my belly cut open. That, I was actually uh, one of the doctors who took care of uh, Matt for that, and that was like two and a half years ago, bro. <laughs> and and those are three like tiny little laparoscopic. Yeah. He was like, this was last week. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, that's what took me out. I was in a basketball league, and I was fat and out of shape and realized – Maybe this is my I mean, way out. So it's just I mean, a good not, excuse. Yeah, to like absolutely. Not like there's been multiple NFL guys that have appendectomies on a Monday. Do I look like an NFL guy, I'm horse? Just, I mean, like, be honest, okay? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's okay. We get you. It's all right. We'll, how, we'll help you. How and for the listeners, I am probably the most fit guy here, just as a heads up. Yeah. Uh, check out his Peloton thread lately. Yep. Oh, yep. yeah, well. Yep. He's uh, struggling mightily let's have a uh, arm wrestling uh, after this and we'll we'll see who's uh what's up i'm just saying for a guy who refers to himself in the third person <laughs> yeah. you i'm pretty sure that i'm pretty sure that that guy cut out i'm pretty sure that that cut out uncomplicated appendectomy probably didn't take you out of two and a half years of basketball <laughs> oh, it's okay oh my goodness how about uh, for other hobbies that uh, are challenging how about or that could potentially lead to trauma we got a couple hunters here yeah, I mean, horse here, fisher. Yeah, hunt fish. Fisherman. That's all. But I accept the risks of all those. I love guns. I love shooting. Love being in a boat. Love being out in the middle of nowhere, walking. You might roll your ankle. You might fall, trip, shoot yourself in the leg. You know, crap happens. You know why? But I think it's part of, you know, part of is knowing who you're with and how right. you're doing it, and you know the the safety mm-hmm. precautions that you take. Yeah. And I have never went hunting. Have you? Right. So I have gone hunting twice. Yeah. See, I don't even know like what are the other things you can get injured from. Like it's like not getting shot. That makes sense to me. You're You'd be amazed how many uh, lifelong hunters have shot each other. It's quite amazing. Uh, they get Mountain trigger lions. happy and Mount lions. Ooh, I like that. I mean, Holes, I think that broken how, ankles. How often do we see over camera somebody that has True. a heart attack while hunting? Yep. Hadn't worked the out. Deer stands, I suppose. Yeah, falling on deer sounds very common. Yeah, that those are the worst. Yeah. Fishing, not so much. I don't. Other than fish hooks, people fish that hooks. that and the guys the that boat. go out way too early in the season, fall on the through the ice. That's probably. I mean, that's drowning. So that's a little different, but that's pretty sure. sad. Yeah. Then how how about like things that we do as bros, not only for our families, but just uh, regular activities that uh, you know make us bros. Like one thing that I thought of that I do every year is. Uh, take the risk and climb up the ladder and put up Christmas lights. Like I'm dangling off some weird angles to put those bad boys up. I still remember in residence or excuse me, medical school, the first week there was a week of lectures of the do's and don'ts as you start to progress through life. And I still remember a guy saying, there's a couple things you should never do when you become a doctor and you're going to care for your family. You're going to be the breadwinner, et cetera, is number one, never get on a roof. Number two, never operate a chainsaw. And I can't remember what number three was now. I had broken all of those rules. Yeah. And well, I think it's you, things that we would never would have taken. You know. It's not that we're above doing any of that. The thing is that we don't do that on a regular basis. Exactly. We're not comfortable with climbing ladders. and. It's like doctors flying planes. There's reasons why there are certain planes called doctor killers, right? People what? Wait, what? Whoa, yeah, what? Yeah, whoa, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. that train up. There I are planes called doctor killers? Yeah, the Piper Bonanza is a – the nickname is literally called the Bonanza – it's the Bonanza's called the Doctor Killer because it's a high performance, good plane, 
affordable for a physician and they go no up kidding. they fly once what twice. type of physician because apparently <laughs> i'm the wrong kind of doctor i i took pilot lessons for a while i never flew a bonanza though man that's pretty cool google it it's yeah, uh, very I'll interesting how many piper bonanza interesting there's plenty of I, we all know scary stories about planes going down i don't I'm do not you guys put up christmas lights no we do no. not no what are christmas lights oh my gosh we wrap like the uh, the columns in the front of the house. Oh yeah, I, DJ so says he yeah. gets up there. He's, he's you do the whole bed. thing, like oh, the yeah. whole roof, like Clark, you're, like you're Clark, Clark exactly. W. Griswold. Yeah, I'm hanging up. Uh, I'm oh, hanging, like, hanging upside down, man. My, do you pay somebody? My beautiful tonight? wife loves Christmas. She loves Christmas lights. Drive her over to my house. She can take out my pay, display next year. I pay somebody to hang up my lights. Jeez. Oh stop! Do you, you want to pay me? <laughs> No. DJ Sazen, I've, I'll seen, do it for I've you. seen your work. I'm not gonna. I'll pay you, but it's, it's not, not gonna, gonna be. He wants them straight. Fair, it won't fair, be straight fair. lines. Yeah, t- uh, DJ. She says has brought up a time or two. Uh, Taya has brought up uh, maybe I should consider hiring because uh, they are definitely not straight and they are definitely not uh, up to up to par. Well, and I think that uh, I may have come to visit you during quarantine. Maybe dropped off some Trulies, and. Uh, from twelve feet still away. Up. <laughs> <laughs> that was in March. I have taken them down. I took them down at the end of April. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, it's safety first, man. It was icy up there. It's uh, not the. Uh, it's it's the Beechcraft Bonanza, Ooh, okay. also known as the Doctor Killer. Anyway, sorry, I did not know that. Google it. Right. How about uh, for those of you guys that are hunters? Uh, what are your thoughts on like having guns in the home? Do you worry about the safety for your family? Are there certain safety steps you take to make sure that uh, nobody gets on uh, their hands on a gun that shouldn't? Absolutely. Yeah. So the guns are in a safe. They're locked up. The ammunition is never stored with the gun. Yeah. I think those are very common sense things that uh, I know guns can be a hot topic. Guns are, uh, you know, they're fun to shoot. They're fun to have things to do with your kids. Um, All of our guns, I mean, handgun next to the bed is in a safe that's fingerprinted ID'd only for my wife and I. There's shotguns and rifles and other handguns in a big safe out in the garage. There's. I get a dumb question because I'm not a gun guy a, at all. What What's a fingerprint ID mean? It means that you won't it won't shoot unless the your no, fingerprint no, no, no. Is you into the lock. safe. You can't get into the safe oh, without your fingerprint. So. I was picturing this gun that you touch the trigger and if it didn't have your <laughs> fingerprint, I gotcha. That's, that's a million dollar idea. That's right Terminator there. kind of stuff. Terminator. Right there. I, I was like, like this is like Skynet yeah. taking over. All right, so no, interesting. I mean, that's some yeah. Cool. But I mean, so yeah, so you're not a gun guy. I used to be a gun guy. I, man, like once you get away from it, though, it's kind of. I'll be honest, I'm pretty intimidated. I mean, Horace and I went actually out and shot guns. I hadn't shot a gun since I almost got kicked out of medical school for shooting a gun, and um, <laughs> just drops it in matter of factly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anybody knows me back from medical school, they're gonna be like, "Yep, I remember that." Um, so, I, I mean, like, I, I literally hadn't shot a gun in years, and uh, it felt it felt really good. And so then I started looking into ways to keep it safe, and uh, <laughs> this was all happening about the time the corona hit. And as it turns out, man, there is, like, nothing available to, like, store a weapon right now. So. Yeah. I did not get a. Per- I did not purchase a weapon because uh, I just couldn't. I didn't feel like I could keep it safe. And then a little more touch subject. I mean, all my kids, I've let them handle guns. They're you know five years old. My twins and a three year old. They've all handled guns. 
the twins have shotguns, but they all understand if you ever touch a gun and dad's not there, that's you're done until you're 18. You won't touch a gun with me again, and that's their rule, and they understand that, I think. Granted, well, I also put trigger locks, and do, I mean, I to the T, everything is safe, but they understand, like, the, when the gun comes out, you never touch it unless mom or dad say so. Uh, well, and that, that's something that we had talked about, too. I mean, we have young kids, and so... As soon as you bring a gun into the house, you just immediately have to have a gun like course on mm-hmm. with your yeah, kids. Absolutely. And there's lots of like, you know, hunter safety courses. There's a lot of like gun training courses, but I mean, man, guns are dangerous. Absolutely. No, 100%. If you don't respect it, I think that's the biggest thing and a lot of badness happens from guns inadvertently or accidentally and uh, we just and keep honestly, people are smart with them. The respect thing though, it's hard to respect something that you're afraid of. And so that's a big part of why I want to bring guns back into my house, actually, because I just think that if there's nothing there, if you don't learn about it, it just becomes something that's really frightening. And they're not frightening. They're tools, right? Yeah. Like guns don't kill people. People kill people with guns. Absolutely. And that's, yeah. that's and the issue. That, you know, all the time in residency, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. All right, let's pump the brakes on anyway, that. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got deep there for a second. We have a little second amendment. About, uh, but, uh, yeah. So talk about sports hold injuries. On, hold well, on. Knight doesn't I, play basketball anymore because he had an appendectomy <laughs> two and a half Whoa. years ago. Hey, um, can, I, can I just jump in real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know that I wanted to go here, but we're pretty close. And I, I think that I'm, I want to just get real for a second, listen to myself talk, start the timer. I'll keep it under seven minutes. So I was, I was a trauma junkie. I thought I wanted to be a trauma surgeon. I was all about it. I went to an emergency residency in Detroit because I thought that that meant trauma. Um, It wasn't very long that I was there until it hit me that it's not cool. I mean, I've done lots of crazy procedures on people that have done bad things to themselves or others or somebody has done a bad thing to them. And it's really difficult to come back from that. I think that as emergency providers, we see people die more often than most. And that in itself is really difficult. But when you see somebody who is suffering from an act that is performed by another human, it just takes it to another level. And uh, I became a non-trauma junkie really quickly. And in fact, I came back home in hopes of never having to see it again, to be quite honest. And I feel like when I left home, it wasn't much of a thing here. It's becoming a thing here. We see it more often than I would ever want to. And it, it kills me, man. It kills me. Um, I, yeah, I think ahead. that's powerful, Matt. And, I, you know, I think to me something you said, you know, that kind of struck a chord is that, you know, things happen to good people and part of that's why it's hard to take care of kids because by and large kids have things happen to them whether it be trauma or disease or it's not something accidental yeah yeah right yeah right. and it's not something that they did themselves it's not from the way they live their lifestyle or the choices they made it's you know 99.9 percent of the time something that happened to them they got a disease or somebody did something to them or an accident happened to them and it makes it it makes it super tough I mean, the thing is, is that death is inevitable, 100%, right? But there's things that 
people do to each other that should never happen. I mean, there's always a chance that something really catastrophic is going to happen to somebody that we never know about. I mean, things like a somebody wakes up and has an aneurysm or something in their brain and they die. I mean, that's horrible as well. And you'd never wish any of that upon somebody. So to think that you could possibly injure somebody in the hopes to hurt them is really sad. So I guess to get away from this subject, because I don't want to talk about it again because it's horrible, just be good to one another. Yeah, I think that's what makes it hard because we all at least somewhat got into this job because we love people. We love taking care of people. And we see these horrible things that people do to each other, and it makes us not like that people are that way. Um, and it's because we care about people's well-being, and, and that bothers us because we can't fix that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't fix people making bad decisions. We can't fix the evil that's in our world, and that uh, unfortunately is stuff that uh, we see, and we you know have to process ourselves, and that's part of the bro emergency. Uh, process i guess of being physicians in our field is learning how to process that and kind of deal with the things we see but uh i think uh just keeping a positive attitude that we are in this because we love people and want to make them better uh helps me uh helps me kind of get through some of that stuff but let's say we got to lift us up that's kind of deep and oh can we talk can we talk about uh really quick uh price's x game story about how he's doing some extreme sports recently uh this winter with this what five-year-old yeah, uh, it's embarrassing. sledding down a one snow the, tubing hill and about yeah one of the best little things here in our little nugget of a city is called the xx ski valley it's great it's got a great tubing and you can go down tubing i'm got my little <laughs> five-year-old in the front is it really called xx is <laughs> no I, it's always that awkward moment of oh, do you reveal where you're from right? right so yeah great so bear it's, let's it's go great bear it's apparently fine to like use my oh yeah for name, sure but, like We're everything <laughs> else is off limits on this where podcast in the world is bro emergency that's what you guys can work on figuring out where we're actually from but uh yeah go on so anyway, great bear tubing uh got my little five-year-old daughter in the front come down the bottom of it it was super icy get to the end she's freaking out we're almost going to hit the fence 10 12 yards from it put my foot down because of course you're a dad that's what you do you save the world and little do you know that you're just not really that much of a hero and ice chunks can slowly stop your leg and you get this horrible eversion injury and you it's called being almost 40 bud yeah it hurt man and I still remember standing up and her looking at me and going, why are your eyes watering? And I'm like, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> was, but you know what I did? I went up and down that hill another probably 20 times and then ended up going to the ortho guys so on a you know a little bit of a MCL injury and some other things. And, man, it was uh, it was humbling. You're not going to be able to play basketball for like two and a half yeah, years. Oh, no, no, no. Basketball career is over. I'm like the last dance. I'm done. Yeah. I, I mean, if anybody needs a guy that just, like, walks up and down the floor and shoots threes, I'm still there. I'm but still he's the available. most fit guy here. Don't worry, guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he just took, a, he took his shirt off, and he's now flexing for all of us. <laughs> so you know. All right. Well, hopefully that gave you guys some insight into kind of how we feel about trauma. You know, we got real there for a little bit. We had some good stories about uh, hobbies and things that uh, we, we've done, things we do around the house. Um Think about yourselves uh, this week. What are some of the activities you do that you feel are a little bit uh, on the more risky side? And what what is your personal uh, 
risk tolerance, we'll say. So think about that this week. Um, we'll be back with you for our uh, recurring segment here after the break. Uh, we'll see you guys and on the other side. Before we go break, oh, I yeah, think yeah. we have not yet had the annual guy that has been mowing his lawn with flip-flops yet come in with half a foot. Ooh. That's always the every summer. Wow, that's true. Anyways, I, I, did, I, I did just, uh, real quick, I did just Who's replace get the my laundry? Uh, uh, lawnmower blade, but I bought one that was too big, and I had that moment where I looked at it, I was like, is this really that big a deal? And I looked at the blade sticking out a half inch on each side, I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is really that big a deal. And I took it off and I put like the old one back on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, All right. We'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. DJ's taking a little break for himself. You can imagine what he's doing. And he asked me to tell you guys why the Packers draft wasn't actually as bad as we all think. <laughs> Crickets. So anyway, we're going to get you back to the podcast. All right, back with our regularly scheduled segment. I don't know, is it a, yeah, we'll call it a segment that we do yeah, each it seems and every like a week. Segment. Yeah, it's become fun. a recurring thing now that we've done it's a three thing. of these. Yeah, it's a trilogy of these events now. Uh, best thing we ate or drank. Uh, why don't you lead us off there, uh, Matt? Night? Matt Night? Uh, yeah, well, um, so the other day, my beautiful bride uh, asked me to go pick up a couple of pictures from Walgreens, and so I drove over there, and uh, there was a you know little display of Oreos, and so I came home with Oreos and candy, and some flips, the those chocolate covered pretzels that she loves, oh. and uh, yeah. And so anyway, I came home with all that, and I ate like an entire thing of Oreos in a day, and it was worth it, baby. Did all you right. buy the whole display or just one bag? No, just one, <laughs> just one, just one. Uh, for me, uh, I'm going back to my birthday again. Uh, I know it, it's ridiculous because we talked about this last time too, but uh, still having some uh, funfetti uh, cake. True story, I'll eat just about anything that's got sprinkles on it, including just sprinkles themselves, which is a story mm-hmm. for another uh, best thing I ate or drank for a week. But, uh, yeah, the uh, funfetti cake, uh, definitely the best thing I ate this week. I'm going to go to a drink. Ooh. Ooh. Hadn't had a really good beer in a couple weeks. This evening, had a good Peloton workout, grabbed the Dogfish Head 75-minute IPA. It's crisp. It's good. It's great beer. Nice. I've actually had that beer. It is very, very good. Yeah. Sounds good. So I'm going to switch it up, and I'm going to go with the best thing I didn't eat. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and that what? is everybody knows there's somebody – in your family or somebody at your office or somebody at your hospital or whatever that is always trying to get you to try something and they'll offer it to you and you politely decline and then they'll offer it to you again. Oh, come on. You want to try this and you, the pusher, the pusher, right? You politely decline again. And then pretty soon the next thing you know, it's in your face and you've tried every civil means you have to tell them that you don't want to try this. You're not hungry. You don't want that. And, and they persistent. cut it for you next. Oh, yeah. They cut it for you. It's on a plate. It's on a spoon coming bite. towards you. Yeah. Like, really? Come on. Like, if I say no, like, I just yeah. leave me alone. I don't Why don't you know. have a mask on? Good point, Matt. And okay. a shield. Oh, and a sorry. face shield. Sorry. That would have been all right. Hmm. Interesting. What was it? Was it anything good? Don't you remember? Know, some probably no, home-baked think, good or yeah, some sort. something. Yeah, some home-baked good. Perhaps you yeah. don't want to give anything away. Maybe. I don't yeah. want to incriminate anybody. 
I don't know. I'm, I get it. But I think we've all been there. That is a bummer situation. It's kind of but, like when Nipe walks by my driveway and I try to have him a beer and I literally just eventually I just pin him down and shove down his throat. I cry <laughs> like a little baby. Please, I just want a decent beer. Oh, and my wife made shrimp tacos with uh, cilantro, <sighs> lime slaw, and fresh guacamole that and salsa. Yeah. And that was really good. Uh, that that sounds good. Nice. amazing. Uh, speaking of Nipe crying like a little baby, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about any updates you got for our household, uh, your time as a parent, uh, things uh, that you can give us an update on how <laughs> wow. things are going? Wow, this is, this is going to be another segment. Huh? <laughs> All right. Well, um, so I've got, I've got. Uh, well, okay. Here we go. So talking about Michelle asking me to go pick up those pictures. Uh, basically, we're redoing the boys' bedrooms. They're going to be moving in to each other's bedroom uh, because we are expecting the third child. So that will be the nursery, and the boys are going to have to. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to have to force the boys to, uh, you know, live together. And so part of that is that she wants some big pictures of the boys in their room. And so I went to Walgreens and picked them up. That was why I went to Walgreens, and that's why I bought the Oreos and the Flips and all this other candy. <laughs> anyway, I made it into the house. I it's handed her, her Exactly. I handed her the photos. She put them on a table in our living room. And then we were just talking, and I'm not kidding you, within five seconds of me being home, Caden, our youngest, had pulled those off of the table and was stomping on them. <laughs> so, What's he saying? Beep! No, actually, thank you for bringing that up. We have a tally now in our household, and uh, it's like this nice little whiteboard uh, that says days without one of the kids saying beep! Right, and we almost have a day. So almost a day. That's yeah. fantastic. It was this afternoon that we broke it, but uh, <laughs> we're hoping for tomorrow. Yeah, keep on hoping. All right. Well, thanks for that update from the uh, the the man household on uh, how things are going. I appreciate that. And thank you guys for tuning in to episode number three. We've made it three episode boys, and uh, I'm thankful for that. And uh, hopefully, you learned a little bit about trauma, a little bit about how it affects uh, us as uh, doctors who see it, live it, breathe it every day at work, but then also participate in activities that could lead to trauma. So we're thankful you guys hung out with us. Uh, we are going to try to keep this kind of coming on the regular somewhat. Uh, so stay tuned to our social media accounts for information on when uh, the next episodes will be coming out. But again, uh, for LVO, uh, Nipe, uh, Horse, and DJ Saz, we are signing out here on episode three. Bye. Cast and the discussion therein do not represent opinions of any healthcare system or any public entity. We do not guarantee the accuracy of the information provided and hope that any medical opinions will lead to further research by listeners prior to any bedside practice. Reference to any specific product does not represent an endorsement by Bromergency.